Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Welcome to Buenta Vista Socialist Club, episode 22. Uh, I'm Andrew, and tonight it's just me, all alone, with my dear friend, returned from the United States. <laughs> it's Ben. Hi, Ben. Hello. I can't believe I laughed at you saying United States twice now. Uh, <laughs> but I have. And who knows why. United States of Amaricha. More yeah. like uh, United Farts. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's a little rough in their in their time of need. Um, it seems that apparently, is it too shockingly, soon? There has been another mass shooting. Um, I saw a headline that said, uh, "Mass shooting reignites gun control debate," and my first thought was, "Does it?" Hmm. I mean, it, it sort of maybe yeah. wafted another breeze towards a flame that has been burning continuously for years and fruitlessly yeah you can't help but get the feeling that it's it's kind of where it's at now you know it's it's found its level that's just where it's going to stay yep uh uh you know i've seen people say uh that that the whole (laughs) the the tweet that sort of crops up now with every mass shooting is um is the one about uh you know america made its decision with sandy hook when when a whole classroom full of kindergartners uh, can get killed by somebody with an assault rifle and everybody goes, wow, that's terrible, but let's not try changing anything. You've kind of collectively, you've collectively made your decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much everything that's happened since then bears that out. Yep. Doesn't matter What's if it's that? a church yeah. full of people. Doesn't matter if the shooter, like... Like 600 people or something got injured in Vegas. Some insane number. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, no no uh, loss is great enough to warrant telling people, hey, maybe you need a more extensive background check before you get an AR-15. That's just going too far. Yeah. There is no act too obscene. Um, and uh, as I, I saw a thing about the about the most recent shooting in a in a church where uh, somebody killed about half the congregation apparently it was I'm I'm struggling to think to find the exact numbers here but it was you know something like 20 20 something people killed and 20 something people injured in a town with a population of 680 something oh, yeah. 4% 4% of that town died in that I shooting. think it was actually 8% of that town oh hmm. uh from memory unless I made that up uh, I might oh, look. We can both make up numbers all night. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and it also makes me think of um, of that very grisly recurring um, article in The Onion. Mm, that there's no way to... Uh, what is it? There's no never, way you can Never stop could this. have seen this coming, it says, only nation where this happens over and over again. Um, but as, as I saw somebody pointing out recently, I didn't actually realize this was the case. They actually republished the article every time it happens Ooh. and they just change the location and the numbers oh that's i thought a, i thought it was just the same article that people pulled out every time sort of one. Yeah. yeah that's a bit but no i don't know how i yeah. feel about that actually that seems a bit weird but i guess it does make a very good point yeah that uh nothing changes except for the place and the numbers oh. i think that's a valid point yeah yeah 
So, uh, while that's a pretty grisly note to start off on, mm. welcome welcome back from America, where that happens. Uh, yeah, I'm glad uh, that it didn't happen where I was, uh, but still sad that it happened anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I hope it stops happening. It's probably not gonna. Um, but, you know, let's... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed something something happens. Some kind of circuit breakup. I, you you just got to wonder, like, you know, you see all these arguments from people being like, oh, it's not guns. You know, that's not the problem. Lots of other countries have guns, blah, 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 blah. But that to uh, me... It's part of the problem. It's, it's definitely part a part of the problem. But you have to wonder just what what these people think it could be. Like... Is there something in American tap water? Is it something just the way that Americans are raised? Is it like I, they they have I, to? There has to be something else there. I just don't understand what they're blaming it on. And if they are blaming it on something that's not guns, why are they not making steps to try and address those things? You know, they're not looking for better, you know, mental health care. They're not looking for. Uh, addressing poverty, you, you know, it's yeah. I th- I think I can like I completely agree with the idea that um, well, for example, um, President El Presidente Donald Trump currently over in Japan, um, he made a comment about it at a press conference where he said, uh, "Oh, it's not a guns issue; it's a mental health issue." Right there, and. You know, maybe maybe someone could kind of take that at face value if the Republicans were interested in anybody being able to access any kind of healthcare at all, let alone uh, mental healthcare. Mm. Um, so you know that seems completely off base. But I have to say, I kind of do agree with uh, several things that might not line up with um, a lot of the usual Australian gloating about this sort of thing, which is to immediately say. Well, we had this one big massacre, and then then we just got rid of the guns, and we're good now. Um, I don't think it's a particularly helpful line for a lot of Australian people to trot out every time that it happens, if only because um, number one, I think that on a on a really really deep ingrained cultural level, we are very very different. Mm. Um, I don't think that. Uh, you know, like we we had a guest on uh, a long time ago, dear friend of the show, Eliza Gager, and we kind of talked about the comparisons between the sort of parallel developments of like Bush Ranger and cowboy culture in Australia uh, and America, and and you know there are a lot of a lot of parallels, but they're not the same in that Australia never quite had that same kind of Wild West. You know, you're out here and you you got to look after yourself and you shoot somebody who looks at you the wrong way, frontier kind of stuff. And I do believe that a lot of that kind of thing is deeply ingrained into the DNA of a lot of that country. Mm-hmm. But there is the secondary issue, which is uh, that in Australia, when that um, shooting took place at Port Arthur, if you believe that, if you don't believe it was a false flag. Good God. Oh, my God. I, I still can't believe um, how freaked out I was uh, within the last 12 months when I actually became aware of Port Arthur conspiracy theorists. I didn't know it was a thing. Now I know it's a thing. Um, it shouldn't have surprised me, but, but it really did. Anyway, uh, 
yeah, when Port Arthur happened and there was, you know, an, an amnesty and a gun buyback and got rid of a lot of guns. Um, yeah, culturally, it just wasn't the same. There wasn't the same kind of like everybody having a gun in their home for self-defense, everybody hunting as a normal sort of cultural thing, all that sort of stuff. When you look at America, where there are more guns than there are people in a nation of over 350 million or whatever it is, uh, versus Australia, where um, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that it, it would probably be pretty uncommon to own a gun outside of being a farmer. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's not to say that like target and sport shooters and hunters and stuff don't exist, but it's not... It's not like an everyday part of life here mm. in the same way that it is there. So, you know, for us to say, well, just buy up all the guns and get rid of them and turf them out. Um, yeah, I think I think it's showing a sort of ignorance of, of the sheer scale of the issue. Yeah. Uh, in that country. It's like, how, how would you even begin to go about collecting and disposing literally hundreds of millions of guns uh, for millions of people who don't want you to have them. Uh, let alone all the illegal ones. Whole can of worms. Whole yeah, they're kind of fucked. Of worms. Yep. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just very hard to imagine what it could be that would spur some kind of serious action. And even then, what that serious action would actually constitute. It's really hard to even picture yeah. what that change would be. Yeah, even if they started transitioning to a similar model to Australian gun ownership, where you essentially have to, you know, if you don't own a gun, if you don't have a gun license, say, for, you know, work as like a security guard or whatever, you have it as a hobbyist. So, you know, you need to go to a gun range. Like, you have to have a, a gun club that you're a part of. You need to go there once every, like, I don't know, is it like 30 or 60 days or something? But you essentially need know. to demonstrate what the regularity is. But it's with some frequency and relatively frequent. You basically just need to actually demonstrate that you're not just some psychopath that's hoarding guns. Like, yeah, you're not just uh, filling out all the appropriate paperwork that allows you to keep a, a whole stack of guns in your home. Yeah. yeah, and then actually keeping track of like who owns what guns, actually having waiting periods that are stuck to, actually doing background checks, even you know. Uh, mental health checks would be amazing, but I mean, that's something that they would never ever pay for. Mm. But I don't, know. I don't know. Maybe if they get a, maybe if they get single payer healthcare first, uh, then people with mental health problems will actually like go and turn up for help. Mm. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, wouldn't it? Mm. Wouldn't it though? So, um, speaking of this shooting, that brings us to the topic of today's show. Uh, we wanted to talk about a, a dear, dear friend of the show, uh, a columnist from from News Limited, known as Miranda Devine. Divine in name and uh, divine in uh, artistic output. Mm. Mm. Truly, truly heavenly, <laughs> heavenly celestial style writing. Um, if you are a listener from the land of overseas... Uh, you you may not be familiar with Miranda's writing. It's, oh, I don't know. I mean, if 
if you heard uh, one of our previous episodes where we were talking about conservative um, wonderkind uh, Caleb Bond, um, you can think of Miranda Devine as, as basically the, you know, the the alien queen that birthed, birthed him in an egg sack. Um, bit of a mentor figure between uh, Miranda Devine and Andrew Bolt. Um Miranda and Caleb, of course, both appear on Andrew Bolt's TV show. Uh, Miranda, look, granted our politics don't align, but I don't think it's unfair to say that a lot of the things that she writes are really dumb. Mm, I think that's relatively generous. She, yeah. uh, She's more or less the worst person alive. Uh, she's not above stretching the truth to score very shitty political points. Uh, she's... I think the worst thing about her is that she is very, very good at her job, which is getting dipshits riled up about very, very harmless, trivial things. <laughs> so every week, she writes out a 500 to 600 word conniption about <laughs> something that is ultimately harmless... Uh, but does so with just the most insane vigor. Uh, it's, yeah, she's one of the most infuriating people in the world to read. And it's very hard to tell uh, how cynical it is. Mm. I, she, that's, really, that's really one of the problems that I face with one of her um, News Corp stable, uh, stable mates in Andrew Bolt. Um in that, by all accounts, much like Tony Abbott, by all accounts, a lot of people will say, oh, if you actually meet Andrew Bolt or Tony Abbott, um, they're really intelligent, personable people who are good at communicating and all that sort of stuff. Um, which kind of makes it all the worse that apparently the rest of their lives are things that they have actively chosen to do. Mm. Um so, yeah, and Andrew Bolt, it's, I feel similarly where I just kind of don't... I don't know how truly invested and cynical Andrew Bolt is and what he does. I would maybe draw more of a parallel between Miranda Devine and Chris Kenny. Yeah, oh, for because, sure. Because, yeah, I think that Chris Kenny is is much more similar in the sense that he seems to... He seems to start off from very, very disingenuous places um he seems to you know kick off a controversy by saying something willfully ignorant um very disingenuous really sort of deliberately misreading things um just to take offense to them and then when people say come on you big dipshit <laughs> um he then puts up this pretense of of you know serious gravitas and and the you know we should be we should all be really taking things a bit more seriously so the reason that um that the topic of a mass shooting made me think of miranda it's because you want to shoot her with a gun <laughs> no are you sure you uh, don't want to say that on the podcast <laughs> well it went well for us last time that you said you wanted to shoot somebody with a gun on the i don't show. know if i ever said that uh that doesn't sound like something that i would say certainly mm. not on a Certainly not on a podcast. Yep. Um, I sure hope nobody edits in an audio clip of you saying it on the show. Um, so, I couldn't help but notice when looking at um, Miranda Devine's Twitter feed uh, for this episode 
that she had been uh, reacting to the the news of this shooting um, in Sutherland Springs uh, by by cherry picking um, you know different different tweets and all that sort of stuff that uh, confirmed her views for her. Um, seems to be doing a lot of uh, retweeting of weird uh, alt right uh, figure um, Chet Cannon. Who's the strange uh, bleach blonde, make America great again hat wearing uh, Mormon chud from the from the states? Um, she's tweeted, of course. Uh, she's retweeted him talking about uh, showing a clip from a video about the guy who apparently chased the shooter with his gun, saying, uh, "God bless the good guy with a gun that stopped the bad guy with a gun." Um, that trope that we all know to just be completely, uh, completely false. Um, yeah, wasn't there something about the uh, was the Vegas shooting or oh god, this is so awful, but it might well have been just another recent shooting where the cops came out and said that uh, or the so-called good guys with the guns that were there just made it harder for them to apprehend the perpetrator because there's a bunch of dudes running around with guns. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was there was definitely a bunch of that sort of stupid conjecture from uh, from gun advocates on online where people were saying, oh well, if if the people there had been armed, they could have taken this guy down. And and the response to that immediately was, uh, what what are you suggesting that a bunch of people in the crowd at this concert that's being shot at from across the street in a like a thirty second floor window or whatever it was, uh, that they should have all pulled out their handguns and started blindly firing at the side of a hotel if they could even figure out where it was coming from? Would that have really helped out the situation? It's, a, um, it's kind of insane that the what ifery about this is always like, well, what if there had been a good mm. guy there with a gun? I would put it to you, a better what if is, what if the shooter didn't have a gun? Hmm. What if nobody uh, showed up with a gas-powered assault rifle and uh, lit the place up? So, Miranda has also um, retweeted amongst uh, Chet Cannon's other, other tweets. Um so Chet has screen capped a series of posts uh, from people who are in favor of stricter gun controls. Uh, and Chet says, dozens tragically murdered while worshiping God at church in Sutherland Springs. The left, fuck your prayers. And so he screenshotted people saying uh, what has now become a, a popular sentiment. Uh, for example, fuck your invisible thoughts and invisible prayers. Buck up and do something. Uh, another example is uh, somebody saying, fuck your thoughts and prayers, GOP. Um, don't pray, vote. Um, fuck your thoughts and prayers. If Congress hadn't nested in the pockets of the gun lobby, we could have stopped this after Sandy Hook, says another person. Um, now, apart from the fact that very clearly Chet has just uh, searched for the phrase, uh, fuck your thoughts and prayers... <laughs> And then just screen cap those regardless of context. Um, what makes this a very a very Miranda Divine piece of content to endorse via retweet? Because as we all know, retweets do in fact equal endorsements. Mm. Um, is, is again, the, the very sort of willful misinterpretation of the sentiment here. Oh, absolutely. Um, because, you know, it would be absurd to look at those and say, well, we need in... And it, assume they mean we need real action on gun control. Uh, what they clearly mean is they're saying religious people should go to hell for being religious. 
especially mm. uh, if they've just experienced a tragedy. Yes, the the very obvious uh, inference to take from these tweets that say things about um, Congress in the pockets of the gun lobby is um, is those people deserve to be killed in a mass shooting because they prayed. Mm. Um, which, of course, you know, brings us into a, a topic that I'm sure we will touch on in a bit more detail, which is uh, Miranda's raving persecution complex um, about Christians, uh, which extends to uh, quite a few of her different hobby horses, uh, most particularly uh, the Catholic Church. Mm. It, it's kind Miranda. of uh, it's amazing that she absolutely refuses to believe that women face any form of discrimination in the 21st century. Uh, but that the Catholic Church is like the single most persecuted institution in the world. Yes. Uh, well, I guess you can only care about one thing. So she's chosen hers. Uh, we've clearly chosen to respect women. Hmm. Uh, you know, you got to have one. <laughs> there's only there's only one. You can support the Pope or you can respect women, but you can't do both. Yes, absolutely. I have to say, I kind of agree with her there. Um, <laughs> so. You know, uh, Ben Ben has gone out and he's racked up a few examples um, because I'm assuming that in your time at, say, SBS Comedy and Pedestrian, that sort of thing, that you've you've probably written a few pieces on some of the things that Miranda has, has blurted oh, out. I certainly this. found a bunch of these uh, just by Googling Ben McClay, Miranda <laughs> Devine, and then seeing which articles I had written and then reverse engineering which articles of hers they had been about. Uh, don't remember writing a lot of these, so it was a great refresher. Yeah. Well, would you would you like to run us through some of your favourites? Uh, I absolutely would. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, I'm going to start with probably what is a quintessential Miranda <laughs> Divine piece, just because it really encapsulates what her her mo is. Uh, the title of the article. Uh, and figure out how to actually follow links from Google Docs. Do you shift click? Do you control click? Well, you click on it, and then it brings up uh, uh, the actual link, and you can click on that. Hey, would you look at that? Incredible. You should leave that in. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's the article Facts. is titled, uh, <laughs> Reverse Racism is Now Acceptable in Australia, which is mm. huge if true. Uh, this is from April 1st, 2017. Not an April Fool's prank. This is, this is her <laughs> genuine opinion. Uh, so this is her taking a single anecdote from a very misguided person and extrapolating it into uh, a very firmly held belief about what's happening in the entire country. Mm. So the story here is that a, a mum in a, a swanky Sydney suburb uh, heard about a, a playgroup for mums and kids from a friend of hers uh, went to go to that playgroup and was basically told, fuck off, you're white, you can't join us, and that's the crux of Miranda's article. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, what happened here is that this is a playgroup for basically recent immigrants and people that speak English as a second language, you know, as a sort of a support group for people like that and to meet people and, you know, that sort of thing. And this mum was not one of those two things. <laughs> so they said, hey, this isn't for you. 
Uh, and of course, yeah. oh, we actually put this on for a reason for yeah. a certain demographic. Instead of just being like, oh, this is a resource for people, for, you know, recent immigrants that need help. Cool. I'll go to another play group. She, of course, contacted Miranda Devine uh, and lost her shit. Of course, she instead asked to speak to the manager. Yes, very much so. Uh, one of my favorite things about this is in the opening paragraphs, uh, uh, Miranda Divide says, um, so the woman said to her, can I ask what your cultural background is? Take it aback, Coverdale, who has blonde hair and freckles, said I'm Australian. Now, I wonder what she means by she has blonde hair and freckles. It's very good because um, it's, it's a really nice, subtle way to illustrate to the reader um, that she is both white and a real Australian. Yeah. It's like uh, mm. that, that news.com.au article about the, uh, uh, the the white dude that beat the shit out of... Uh, well, I don't know if he actually managed to beat the shit out of them, but he got into a fight with a number of thugs. Oh, in, yeah. No, no, uh, that, was a, that, was a daily, that was the Daily Mail piece. Oh, it was the Daily Mail, that's right. And they said the headline was something like, Blonde Hero takes on thugs in yes. like vicious vicious brawl so it's just oh this is you mean it's a white man versus some black people is what you're trying to say mm. yes yes i remember um asking the writer of that piece several pointed questions oh i think we all did actually about uh, how he <laughs> arrived at that at that title and he was like just just doing the news mate um and then less than a week later um the the Daily Mail pulled their standard trick of um, taking somebody else's article, putting a different name at the top, and reprinting it as they do. Um, and and it was somebody's piece that they'd spent like months doing, you know, really really intensive investigative reporting over. And uh, this dude just stuck his name at the top and went away with it. It's great stuff. Well, look, you got to make money somehow. <laughs> uh, some other highlights from this. Uh, were uh, fucking what even? Oh Just look, I like I like this here. Um, where the woman said, "I'm sorry, uh, you can't come here. It's for multicultural families and people who speak languages other than English at home." Uh, Coverdale stood her ground. I said, "I'm not leaving. My kids were playing. My oldest son was having such a good time with his buddy, and I thought, why should I leave? Of course, that's what you thought. Yeah, of course, that's what you thought, lady." Why should I? Why should I have to make space for anybody else in this community to to put a specific thing on? Uh, <laughs> I mean, she's definitely a perfect match for a candidate for a Miranda Devine article for sure. Uh, there's this wonderful little paragraph in there that just really uh, highlights Miranda's wonderful flair for the dramatic. Um, ironically enough, it was just a few days before Harmony Day, a big event at Alexandria Park to celebrate our country's cultural diversity with a free halal beef and chicken sausage sizzle, to twist the knife a little deeper. This year's theme was, we all belong. I love the idea that, that this whole thing has been like an engineered... <laughs> this entire thing has been done to offend this one lady. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the council organised a, a big event. And the um, highlighting that it's halal as well is just a... A lovely Just, touch. Mm, little sprinkles, little sprinkles of great stuff. She um she caps off this article by drawing her huge conclusions from this one incident into. Oh, this is just wonderful. Um, 
It is politically incorrect to say so, but anti-white racism is now acceptable in Australia in the name of diversity and celebrating difference. In the ADF, for instance, there are attempts to erase the Anglo-Saxon warrior culture, which... Okay. I... I... Uh, I can't even... I don't even know about this. Uh, and recently, 300. I, I assume she's talking about the movie 300. Yeah, I believe that might be it. Uh, I know that was... That was Greeks, but whatever. Whatever, Miranda. I mean, that's just a really weird assertion as well, that the Australian armed forces are exclusively white. And I don't know if I would also describe what we have in the ADF as uh, a warrior culture. I don't know if you know anyone mm. that works in the Defence Force, but they're not a... I mean, they're just guys. Well, and some women now. That can happen too. Well, I'll also say that... um. The examples of what I think she's talking about here that I have seen, I would prefer that they erased it. Um, I so yeah, I moved I moved back to Canberra this year, um, where I grew up, and that is where um, the the Defence Force Academy and all that sort of stuff is. It's where a lot of the you know um, military training. It's where the Department of Defence is, all that kind of stuff. And I remember being coming back sort of over Christmas and I went down to the shops and saw um, several guys wearing uh, military gear and they were wearing, you know, sort of fatigues from the from the waist down. Um, but on the top half of them, they were wearing hoodies, black hoodies um, that said on them, proud infidel. Ah, love those and ones. Yeah, and I was like, hmm, uh, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how awesome I think it is that there's like members of our armed services just cruising around in public, still in uniform and with a thing over the top that pretty clearly says like I came to kill Muslims. You know what I mean? Like that, just that whole kind of vibe. And I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that uh, that is exactly the kind of culture that Miranda is talking about preserving. And um, I'm not into it. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a bit weird. It's a bit creepy. Yeah, it was a, it's a strange thing. Strange thing to see out. And it does. it did genuinely make me sort of go like, I wonder, I wonder how the old uh, Armed Forces PR folks would feel. About all these soldiers cruising around wearing that kind of shit. Probably not great, I would imagine. Hmm. It's uh, yeah, it doesn't exactly doesn't exactly reinforce the idea that there isn't a deep undercurrent of uh, racism to how people are trained and deployed around the world or anything. But whatever. Oh, um, I you probably I don't know. Probably no one's told you this before, but um, Islam is not race. So. Ooh. Uh. I'd like to start off by extending the show's deepest apologies to Miranda Devine, um, to any and all of my former criticisms of imperialism, which I now understand to be good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, and I can't wait to start getting not racist. Uh, I've been Now waiting. that I know I, I can't be racist. I also can't wait for you to not be racist. I'm very excited for it. <laughs> Uh, so the lovely, oh. the lovely cherry on top of this article uh, is her saying, bigotry is condoned as a corrective to so-called white privilege. 
but reinforcing separate cultural identities inevitably leads to the balkanization of Australia and the disowning of our national identity. You just fucking said in the previous paragraph that you want to preserve Anglo-Saxon warrior culture. That's literally a cultural identity, you <laughs> dumb motherfucker. Well, look, there's a there's a real thread to a lot of this stuff, which I think um, we, were, we were sort of talking about. We touched on this um, in a previous episode where we made mention of... Um, a lot of the times that Miranda has massively uh, stuck her foot in it um, by by shooting off her mouth about um, something that she has perceived to be, um, you know, uh, an act of political correctness. Because as we all know, any and all political correctness is political correctness. Gone mad. Oh, would you happen to have one perfect, very short, hilarious example that would say fit in the screenshot of uh, three tweets, by the charts? Well, well, this one time. Uh, so Miranda Devine was apparently watching uh, the rugby and uh, tweeted, did David Pocock just do jazz hands after a try? What a wanker. Um, to which the actual David Pocock replied to her and said, um, actually, that's that's Auslan, um, Australian Sign Language, for, for clapping. Um, I, I did it for my friend, because that is her first language. Um, and Miranda, rather than, um, rather than saying, oh, I'm such a big dipshit, said, oh, good, I thought you were doing, like, a feminist thing. But I'm glad you weren't. Um... And then, and then tweeted out a link to um, one of her own pieces in which she is is raving nonsensically about all of these um, imagined uh, imagined psychotic leftists demanding safe spaces and being triggered and all that sort of stuff. And th- as I said at the time when we first sort of touched on this uh, on that previous episode, what really struck me about that was that when she had this pointed out to her. That no, that's just that's just a a link that she is drawing entirely from her own imagination because she spends way too much time thinking about all this shit and imagining that people are as invested in it as she is. Um, rather than seeing that for what it was and saying, "Oh, I'm really embarrassed, or maybe I should, you know, take a step back," uh, she instead said. Oh, okay, that's fine. I just thought you were doing this thing, which according to me, you're not allowed to do. And then, you know, posted a link to her article reinforcing that. Yeah, the the, uh, the text she used before she linked off to her article was, for those puzzled about my aversion to hashtag jazz hands, it's the feminist version of clapping, which triggers anxiety. So, first of all, just because you heard one anecdotal story about some mm. people asking people not to clack, be, be clap because it, you know, it, it could be, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't really matter. That doesn't mean it's the feminist version of clapping. It's not like everyone who is a feminist does that instead of clapping. Yeah, has she, also committed to clapping like that. Yeah, like she just, and- she takes these weird anecdotal things and then extrapolates them universally. And second, this is a point we make pretty often on the podcast. Who gives a shit? Mm. Like, no one is forcing... No one has come up to Miranda Devine and been like, hey, don't clap. How you dare have to you do clap the in Auslan front of me, version of woman. clapping. Yeah, like... <laughs> and if it's happening in, like... if, if Even if there are groups everywhere that are doing this, cool. It's a consideration for people that are made anxious by, like, loud, harsh noises or whatever. 
who the fuck cares? Just let them do it. Like, isn't that well, what being conservative is supposed to be all about? Is just like just minimally getting interfering out of people's, people's fucking shit? faces and letting them do what they want to do with their lives. Why is it so um, offensive to her that like people are just being considerate to the people around them? It impacts her life uh, in no way. Well, again, I I I read that article that she linked to, and the the reference to jazz hands instead of clapping is um, like a quarter of a sentence long as part of a rattled off string of, as you said, completely anecdotal references to things. She, she doesn't expand on it. She doesn't provide a link to a story of it happening somewhere. She doesn't come back around to it and flesh it out at all. It is just a single thing where she said, from safe spaces to jazz hands... Feminists are out of control, and that's it. That's the only reference to it in the article. There is absolutely no evidence supplied of it ever having happened anywhere, let alone one time. But, yeah, this is this is just the thing that really strikes me about, um, you know, Miranda especially, even more so than Chris Kenny or Andrew Bolt or any of those sorts of other um, Australian right-wing colonists. Uh, she's she's probably only matched by Mark Latham, who um, I would probably consider to be considerably more unhinged. But um, but yeah, what's what's really striking about it is it's you're talking about people who literally make a career out of like identifying something that they think is someone else taking things too seriously or not being able to take a joke, or getting offended too easily, or whatever it is. Um, you know, they're constantly trotting out the stuff about safe spaces, and getting triggered, and people demanding this, and demanding that, and being racist against white people, and all that sort of stuff. Um, this is all the stuff that they're supposed to take issue with, and their entire careers are built on the backs of, of exactly that, of just grievance just grievance it's just oh, some somebody told me i saw a thing on the internet about some person that that got up in somebody's face and said hey you're not allowed to do that and the other person was like bullshit i am allowed to do it and she just fucks off and writes a column about it it's just it's the dumbest thing they'll like get one of those forward chain emails about a like thoroughly debunked stories about how england made it illegal to sing baba black sheep uh and then she'll be spend like a week writing columns about how it's illegal to look at sheep now. Like, she just starts with these very flimsy premises and then just winds them up with nonsense anger about made-up stuff. Uh, and then complains right that uh, le the leftists are sensitive babies. It's just... It's nonsense. Snowflakes. <sighs> Trig triggered snowflakes. Shall we, safe uh, spaces. Shall we try to turn through a few more of these? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's let's touch on a couple. I certainly have my own favourites of of some of these. Oh, would um, you would you like to pick a pick the next one? Well, one that I really enjoyed at the time was um, a story that um, you know some of our American listeners might be familiar with. There was in the in the very broad spate of um, shootings by the police of unarmed uh, civilians for seemingly very little reason or provocation. 
uh, around the time that a lot of the um, Philandro Castile stuff was happening, um, there was a, a white Australian lady who called the police about something that was happening and she ran out um, when the police car showed up. She ran out to meet them and a cop just immediately shot her a bunch of times and killed her. Um, which, you know, is very sad, but no more or less sad than that just constantly happening in the States anyway. Um, but, you know, I mean, and, and there was there was commentary at the time because a lot of people were genuinely shocked. And there was a lot of commentary from black people saying, oh, now you're shocked. Like, now you're suddenly... This is suddenly like, hey, they did that for no reason at all. They shot they shot a white lady for no reason at all. Um, and, you know, I also saw other people saying in a more sort of measured way, like, yes, it's absolutely fucked up that people are, are looking at this and acting as though it's somehow different. But if that's what it takes for people to look at it and say there is something wrong with this system, then we'll take it. You know, uh, Miranda's take was a little, a little different, um, from these in the sense that she took a look at, um, at what had happened where an innocent woman had run out into the street and immediately been gunned down by the police solely for, um, approaching them unarmed in any way. And she said, because this blonde white Australian lady was gunned down by the police without provocation and while she was unarmed, that completely destroys all of the arguments of the movement known as Black Lives Matter. This article is utterly unhinged. Uh, You got to admire, you got to admire even being able to get there. You know, like. So this headline. Uh, this is the headline. It's two sentences. Very long for a headline, but I'm, I'm not here to give notes. Um, a black cop killed an Australian white woman. How does that fit the Black Lives Matter narrative? Black Lives Matter narrative. What that guns are trigger happy. Uh, cops are trigger happy and way too ready to use gun violence. Uh, yes, it sure shows up that Black Lives Matter um, narrative of the cops kill too many people when they shouldn't, and we wish they would stop. Like it, it's utterly absurd. And then the opening, uh, oh, for fuck's sake. So she's done it again. Uh, <laughs> how a sweet blonde Australian yoga teacher in her pyjamas came to be shot dead by American yep. police at home in an affluent suburb of Minneapolis. She's blonde. She's a yoga teacher. She's not some thug. Yeah. Like, just fucking just say it. Say what you mean. How does uh, a, a white person, how does this happen to white people? They don't even look like criminals. Uh, she starts with, uh, she asserts her thesis very strongly. What we can safely assume is that Justine Demond, Damon, I'm not sure, her death was made more likely by an anti-police atmosphere whipped up in the US by the anarchic Black Lives Matter or BLM, BLM movement. It's a very self-perpetuating idea, isn't it, that, um, that by asking to not be shot you are making it more likely that you are going to be shot. It's so fucking stupid. Just... Oh, oh God. <laughs> it is It is monumentally dumb. And, and of course, it's a perfect illustration of Miranda's brain worms. 
um, in the sense that she is unable to look at event like at an event like that and say either, um, you know, on the micro scale, this is this is fucked up that this would happen to anyone, an unarmed white woman, an unarmed black woman, you know, a child, anyone that it that it had been happening to on an extremely regular basis in the states. Um, she's unable to look at it like that in the micro. She's also unable to look at it in the macro and say, this is clearly a serious problem on a large scale because it it happens to anyone who approaches the police in even in a non-threatening way. The police are still absolutely petrified and incredibly, you know, eager to just pop off with the guns as soon as anything happens. She can't look at it in either of those ways. She has to only and exclusively look at it through the prism of which leftist group that I disagree with, um, you know, has, has, a, has a narrative that can be foiled by this. Who, you know, which one of my political opponents does this clash with their agenda? It, and the, like the way her mind works is just kind of, well, shit, but <laughs> so she, she refuses to look at like the statistics on, you know, lethality of uh, shootings from cops towards black people in America is like vastly disproportionate. The stats speak for themselves. It's obscene how much more frequently they're injured and killed than white criminals doing similar or worse crimes. Uh, she doesn't think that's a sign that there's a problem with racism with the cops, but she does believe that one instance of a black American cop shooting a white person means that. Oh, it proves the that racism doesn't exist. Yeah, that's it. You one, you one example. It's just utterly baffling. Uh, well, yeah, I love the idea that in a country of you know hundreds of millions of people with heavily armed militarized police who are constantly shooting unarmed people and in crazy numbers and everything that yeah it's this singular example that just kind of disproves any any sort of um validity of like systemic racism or or problems with police training or culture or any of that sort of stuff which all in and of themselves are like huge endemic issues that that just have you know have taken decades and decades to get to the point where they're at now um but no one one blonde lady got killed it's worth noting she's blonde she was blonde so you know it's not like in in the dark you could have accidentally mistaken her for a lady who was not white she was definitely white at the time of the shooting yeah it's just it's it's remarkable with a lot of these like um just just how unable she is at this point um, to see anything through any prism other than things things that affect her and stoke her white grievance politics. Yeah, it's it's utterly utterly ridiculous. Uh, just to make me even angrier, uh, last two <laughs> sentences of the article: uh, a black cop killing an unarmed white woman does not fit the narrative pushed by BLM activists. But they may as well have pulled the trigger. Uh, suck a turd. Oh. Just grab a whole turd, shove it into your mouth, and suck on that turd. 
Jesus Christ. And as I said before, I completely dispute the idea that that woman's death does not play into BLM's narrative because, as I said, I'm almost certain that a very large portion of the Black Lives Matters narrative is that um, they kind of wish that the cops would stop shooting unarmed citizens. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I think if they if they were sort of not doing that so much across the board, that maybe they wouldn't have shot that lady, and also that they would not shoot a bunch of unarmed black people as well, and that maybe both parties could be happy. Yeah, I I like I like that Miranda's idea of justice is that everybody gets shot while unarmed equally. <laughs> we got to get those stats even. Mm, true equality. Oh. It's very bad stuff. Right, um, uh, what else you got? What's what's one of your favorites? Um, well, this one is a new one to me as of today. Uh, was suggested to me uh, by someone on Twitter who's at I cannot remember and I will not look up, but you know who you are, and you did a great job. Mm, I commend you, whoever you may be. Uh, um, if you do know after you listen to this, please write into the show, and we will not respond. We won't. We'll ignore it, and uh, all of us will block you. <laughs> Uh, so, I don't know if you remember the animated Disney film from around, I'm going to say 2003, 2004, maybe? Uh, possibly, yeah. early. I don't know. Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Uh, you know, I actually I watched that for the first time very recently. Uh, I've never seen it, uh, but apparently Miranda Devine has. Uh, actually, it must have come out in 2002, actually, because I believe the... Um, oh, I'm also going to stop you right there and say... Uh, DreamWorks. Oh, is it? Well, I'm there pretty we sure go. it is. Uh, so this was written uh, July 4th, 2002, Independence Day. Uh, she, writing for the Sydney Morning Herald, was opining about how there's two sorts of films uh, that Hollywood is making at the moment, uh, as uh, epitomised in Spirit and Bend It Like Beckham. Uh, Bend It Like Beckham is a, a hopeful tale about what you can do if you, you put your back into it, uh, whereas Spirit is a, a depressing nightmare about the evils of white men, which uh, it's, for the last 15 years has been a very, very strong theme of hers, that any time you actually acknowledge that white people did bad things in history, you're essentially a mm-hmm. huge downer and the worst person alive. Uh, but that's... Well, I'll also say that like uh, in this movie, we are talking from the perspective of a horse in like fucking frontier times. So mm-hmm. maybe... Uh, so that that not even is what makes this article exceptional to me. It, it is uh, one parenthetical statement that I absolutely cannot get past. Uh, and I quote, Spirit comes from the dark heart of Hollywood. Politically correct, history crushing, empty. It is the story of a wild stallion, minus visible genitalia for some reason, who was captured by <laughs> sadistic white soldiers in America's Wild West. It is a children's movie, an animated children's film. Why is she there's no, lamenting... There's no reason it can't be anatomically correct. We should see that big horse <laughs> just flopping around. Like he... So much of that movie is the horse just running. I just don't know what she wanted. Why would you remark about that? Even if you for, noticed for it while you were watching. you just like, oh... Well, while I'm complaining about the fact that it makes white people look bad, I should include that I really wish I saw a horse cock while watching this child's film. 
Yeah, do you think she would have liked, you know, all dogs go to heaven better if you could just see the <laughs> dog's dicks all through the movie? Oh. Do you think she would have liked uh, Lady and the Tramp better if one of the dogs got a big red rocket during the <laughs> spaghetti scene? Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> well, how far, how far is this going to go? King Kong? I'm just trying um, to think of the animals with the worst dicks at the moment. Is there any animated movies with whales in them? Oh, you know the part from Fantasia yeah, with yeah. all the whales... Flying up into space. Yep. I well, really wish I would have seen a five-foot penis. Well, uh, I would say I would have made a joke about um, King Kong uh, and that they would have had to name the movie King Dong, <laughs> except for apparently gorillas have some of the smallest penises of, of the of the ape, the ape and monkey family. Well, and uh, I learned that. Oh, I think that was from... I believe I saw that from Eliza tweeting, perhaps. Yes, I... I believe she was talking about Mike Cernovich's um, gorilla mindset. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's pronounced uh, Thernovich. Th- Mike Thernovich's gorilla mindset. Um, and she was saying, she says, can anybody, anybody tell him about gorillas? Um, because, in fact... Do we, do we have... No, I don't have it. Anyway. Okay, but uh, that was the gist of it. Uh, thanks, Eliza, for that memory that we're poorly sharing with everyone. Yeah. Yep. We'll find it. We'll let people know. Uh, but yeah, so that that was just uh, uh, just very intriguing. Oh, my oh, wait, goodness. Sorry. I've got it. Here we go, folks. Um, dear friend of the show, Eliza Gager says, uh, Does Mike Cernovich know gorillas have the smallest penis compared to body size of any of the great apes and are arguably the least warlike? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say he doesn't actually know much about anything. So probably I think not. that's valid. I think that's very valid. Uh, just a fun uh, fun footnote uh, about this article uh, is that she has her email address at the bottom, uh, divinemiranda at hotmail.com. So if you want to add her on MSN, <laughs> uh, boot up MSN. I think MSN got renamed to something else before it was shut down. Not sure what that was. Is it Windows Live or something? I don't know. But if you want to add it, send us the some winky emojis. The closest thing I ever use is um, Microsoft Office Communicator. Mm. Which is, I believe, the, the Office office equivalent. Because um, I tell you who uses that shit. Fucking nobody. Good. Uh, it's, it's a very... It's incredibly professional, though, to, um, to have Hotmail.com be the end of your... Your your address well, as, a, as a as a nationally syndicated columnist. Two thousand and two was a different time. Also, kind of weird that in this article she talks a lot about the virtues of uh, uh, Bennett, like Beckham. Whereas now, uh, of course, she would hate on that soccerly talented child uh, for being mm. an immigrant because they're ruining the country. Well, yeah, she she would hate um, having the message forced down your throat that beautiful. Uh, white, blonde, freckled Kira Knightley should be portrayed in a film as being friends with an immigrant, which she would would not choose to be in non Hollywood life. Yeah, that sort of uh, race mixing very distasteful. That's my guess. That is my guess. Uh, next up, uh, another one which is new to me from today, also sent in from someone from Twitter who I did not make note of. Uh, <laughs> now that I've done it twice, I'm I- starting to feel bad about it. Uh, well, I really like that you asked people for their help with these um, and then have seemingly deliberately made a point of not 
noting who these came from. So that's good. Keep it going. Oh, yeah, I'm great. Uh, so <laughs> this article, uh, <laughs> let me just read this headline to you once it loads. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, I think I know what this one is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry I'm not a tennis person. Do any uh, tennis fans listening to the show? Uh, Bethany Matic Sands' pathetic display shamed the female of the species. Uh, I'll, I'll let you figure out the context when I read you the opening two paragraphs. I know a dislocated knee hurts. It happened to me once, skiing. But seriously, did American tennis player Bethany Maddox Sands have to swear and carry on so hysterically after her knee buckled at Wimbledon? Ah, uh, the old hysterical woman. So, um, this entire yeah. article is just her telling a woman who just dislocated her knee that she shouldn't have made a fuss about it. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. This is, yeah, verbatim from the article. Get a grip, woman. You're shaming the female of the species. We're built for childbirth. We're not wimps. It's distressing to witness someone in agony, but there's also something instinctively distasteful about public cowardice. Cowardice? I like the idea that when your knee just pops out a joint that it's cowardly to go, ah, fuck, this really hurts. And also, I'll say as a, as a side note, um, yes, many women are built uh, for childbirth. Um, they don't stoically uh, sit with a clenched jaw throughout childbirth, in my experience. Um, Do you want to tell us about your experience? Well, I've I heard some noises during uh, the birth of both my children. Mm-hmm. Um, my my wife shamed the female of the species by by being audible during <laughs> childbirth. I couldn't believe it. I heard her all the way out there in the waiting room where I was smoking my cigar and trying to read the paper. <laughs> Uh, and I heard her all the way out there. Um, uh, no, actually, um, I, I definitely heard her as one of our babies came out, as we were just discussing before we started recording the show, um, in the car. Yeah, it so is that was fun. difficult to uh, escape the shameful screams of pain from your wife when you're both in a medium-sized wagon. Yeah. I did get to run some red lights, though. That was cool. Oh, that's badass. The only time anyway, I've ever uh, done that is by accident. I've never done it on purpose. <laughs> but one day, no, we had a well, we had a we had a, a midwife, and she was like, "No, like you can do it." And I was like, "Come on, get out of here." <laughs> She's like, "No, no." Uh, she said, "If you if you run like a red light and get a ticket on the way to the hospital, you can show the." <laughs> and maybe this isn't true. Maybe this isn't true. But apparently, you can show uh, the police the birth certificate of your child from like five minutes after this red light that you ran and they go oh okay we get it that is wild i know my mum definitely got she uh managed to successfully have a, a red light ticket dismissed because my sister was in an ambulance for something and they said keep up with us so they yeah. were like speeding and driving through shit and then she was like yeah the ambulance told me to and it worked oh man it was um it was very cool uh so yeah, got to run several red lights, um, and and there was my wife making all this noise. I'm sorry, who? Fuss. My, my wife. Thank you. Theo will never Maybe. do that for some reason. Come on, Theo. Get your um, act together. I'll tell you what. I'll try and I'll try and um, uh, 
sneakily record Theo saying it off air one day. Good. And then I'll play it to the world. Um, so, yes, look, it, we, sh- we should, you know, just point out. My wife made a lot of noise while she was giving birth to both of our children. And frankly, I was embarrassed. She made a fuss. She made a scene. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I, look, this this ties back to my, to my central thesis about Miranda Devine, which we should probably uh, wrap up the show on. Um, which is, as I said at the start, I just, I just don't understand what it must be like to have stewed your brain in... Uh, like the the combative conflict politics that you l- apparently spend your every waking moment reading and thinking about that you are just unable to see any normal human thing happening any kind of interaction any kind of display of any form of emotion without immediately going ah uh, what what overt act of political correctness has spurred this yeah trying to fit everything into the culture war in some fashion I know. Wouldn't it be exhausting? I mean, like, uh, and again, that's 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 where, again, I'm just staggered by the hypocrisy of people like Miranda Devine and Mark Latham, who who are constantly, you know, saying that everybody, everybody to the left in politics is obsessed with identity politics and taking offense at things and being triggered and all that sort of stuff. You can go back through years of Miranda Devine's writing and find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of words per column written about a perceived slight. Yeah. You know, every every other one is like, somebody told me this. Here's 600 words of why that makes me mad. There's no real evidence in any of them. Like, they are they are truly opinion pieces in their... In their purest sense. Well, I mean, and that's what they are. She's not a journalist. She's a columnist. But every single columnist that writes for News Corp in some fashion uh, has just been driven so far or up their own ass by praise from the most racist dipshits alive that they believe themselves to be journalistic sources of truth instead of just fucking crazy people standing on soapboxes screaming at people in the subway. Like... It's it's utterly insane. Uh, I think because I I subconsciously maybe skipped over all the really bad ones because they're all really depressing. <laughs> Before we go, I'm just going to quickly whip through and summarise some of her more just astoundingly fucked ones. Some of the more odious opinions. So uh, she wrote an article in... Uh, God, my name is being a hot turd. Um... She wrote an article in 2011 uh, when uh, uh, Labor Senator Penny Wong, who is a big-time gay, uh, announced she was going to be having a child. And, of course, instead of Miranda Devine seeing this and just living her life, she decided to get outraged about the idea that Mm. anyone would celebrate the fact that she was having a child. Uh, mm, there's no straight people who do that. No, absolutely not. There's no, um, there's no extremely lavish and uh, trashy celebrations of 
letting people know that you are pregnant with a child or letting people know that you have found out, um, you know, what, what, what sex your child is going to be or letting people know that a baby has been born or letting people know. It just goes on and on well, as far as the... Let me read you the opening of this because uh, she whips herself into a frenzy and then immediately notes that her thesis is based on nothing. Um, you'd think that no politician had ever had a child before. We're supposed to ignore Tony and Margie Abbott's three daughters because every time he's seen with them is some sort of unfair snub to Julia Gillard and a reflection on her marital status. The traditional heterosexual norm of a nuclear family and children is something to be kept in the closet like an embarrassment. Tolerance has gone back to front. It is no longer good enough to accept without criticism female politicians in de facto or lesbian relationships. Now we have to downplay traditional marriage for fear of causing offence. No one can be a wife or husband anymore. Everyone is a partner. The unorthodox situation of a lesbian artificially inseminated with the sperm of a male acquaintance, we are supposed to laud as if it were the second coming, the wonderful precursor of what the New York Times once lauded as the post-marital future. Well, no. Wong, to her credit, has not politicised her private life. So, this was just her going angry, 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 angry. Oh, but Penny Wong's not done this. Oh, but nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, I mean, it's already pretty batshit. She spends a couple of paragraphs talking about how it's illegal to call someone your wife now, which... Yeah, imagine thinking that. Like, number one, you can't do the Borat voice and say, my partner. You should doesn't. You absolutely it doesn't, shouldn't. No, it's dog shit. It's terrible. It doesn't work. No one will get the reference. I just think you're <laughs> Lithuanian or something. Um uh, but, but, but yeah, like, like, imagine thinking that anyone you talk to, like... And I feel like it's worth noting that people like you and me, we're raging leftists, mm-hmm. right? We are absolutely the types of people who think that you should actually take other people's thoughts and feelings into consideration. I know that that's a wild revolutionary concept. Um, but yeah, that you should actually think about how your 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 speech and actions affect other people and that if somebody said to me actually these are the these are the pronouns i would like you to refer to me by you know what i'd say i'd go all right cool great that'd be the end of the fucking conversation yeah point being though that the people like you and me are the sorts of people who actually think that that stuff matters and would actually take that into consideration and we think the idea is fucking ludicrous that no one's allowed to be called a wife or a husband anymore. Yeah. Like, it's just completely invented. They just, they don't... Like, people say partner for, like, a bunch of different reasons. No one is forcing anyone else to describe anyone as a partner. Fucking well, lesbians same... have wives. Gay dudes have husbands. Like, fucking... It's not a thing. Well, These people are just... Just de facto relationships like so many straight people have. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Who gives a fuck? Who? As you said, as you said, it comes back to what is supposed to be the conservative thing or the libertarian thing of like, yeah, however somebody wants to live their life, just shut the fuck up and let them get on with it. So, I mean, so that's not even the most batshit part about this article. Uh, it's because she pivots it uh, after rambling for quite a few paragraphs. She goes, uh, as a Catholic, I believe the push for same-sex marriage is not about enhancing the lives of gay couples. In countries where it has been legalised, there has been no rush to the altar. The issue is largely symbolic. Well, I mean, marriage is a symbolic act, so whatever. 
Uh, it is simply a political tool to undermine the last bastion of bourgeois morality, the traditional nuclear family. You only had to see the burning streets of London last week to see the manifestation of a fatherless society. What? The 2011 London riots uh, were because there are more single mums in Europe. Whew. Uh, I feel like that's a bit of a signature bit is her sort of ending on this note that is almost a non sequitur of... And that's why these people are responsible for this violence. It's 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 utterly baffling. It's quite a rhetorical flourish. And her, like, so the actual end of the article here is, uh, Wong and her partner will no doubt be fine mothers with financial and personal competence to provide their children a stable, loving upbringing, despite not having a father in the home. Though Wong says he will be known to the child. Individually, these things work themselves out. Allowances are made, extra effort applied. Okay, well, there she's applying that lesbians have to work harder because without a man around the house, I don't know, the kids won't be able to change a tyre. I don't know. Uh, oh, and then she says, love conquers all, which is lovely. But for Wong's decision to be praised as if it is the loftiest of ideals is wrong. Like, why don't these people understand the reason that we celebrate, like, coming out or, or gay couples having kids is because because of people like her, very specifically people like her dad, actually, uh, Google him, Frank Devine, said some pretty horrible things, uh, made it impossible for people to previously do those things. It's an inherently brave political act still to be, particularly in the, the political realm, to be like, yeah, I'm gay. I'm, I'm gay and I have kids and that's, it's to be celebrated because it, we, there's still persecution being done. Like, it's not that we're saying one is inherently better than the other. Like, well, I mean, I think definitely gay couples raise better kids. That's just how it is. But, I mean, in terms of... Well, here's, here's a strange example of this. And um, we'll, we'll have to just touch on this and then, and then wrap it up. But... As a perfect example of when you see people like, for example, um, former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott saying things like, oh, well, there used to be discrimination against gay people in our society, but thank goodness that's all over. Now, you don't need to get married. Um, <laughs> you, see, you see, like, conservative people seemingly genuinely trotting out the idea that in, in you know, all... Western societies that gay people are considered completely equal and face no discrimination and nobody has shit shouted at them on the street or nobody has trouble coming out to their families because their families say horrible shit about gay people all the time and all that sort of stuff. Um, As a really weird example, there was the whole uh, Kevin Spacey deal this week. Where, um, in the midst of all of the the Harvey Weinstein um, stuff and a lot of the uh, accusations that have surfaced in the wake of that of people coming out to to actually confront people who had sexually assaulted or sexually harassed them in the past, um, an actor, a male actor, came out and said, uh, "When I was like fourteen years old." Kevin Spacey kind of tried to fuck me. Um, which, according to apparently a lot of people in, in showbiz, is one of these many, many, many open secrets that Kevin Spacey um, uh, effectively preys on, on male teenage actors um, and very young ones as well. Uh, 
And Kevin Spacey put out a press release in which he said, uh, hey, I don't remember that. If it did happen, that's that's no good. Uh, my bad. But also it's time to admit that I have I have um, had love affairs with men and women over the years and currently I, I live as and identify as a gay man. And absolutely all of the headlines about Kevin Spacey were immediately overtaken as Kevin Spacey comes out as gay. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin Spacey makes emotional statement in which he says that he is out and he is gay. And it's just the kind of thing that makes you go, well, yeah, if everybody in every position of public life and power and fame and politics and all that sort of stuff is completely accepted as completely equal, no matter what their sexuality is, then isn't it weird that an adult man saying, oh, yeah, I'm gay, um, immediately dwarfed and silenced these accusations of uh, incredibly unsavory and predatory behavior solely because people were it was so it was so shocking to people the idea that a famous man would be gay i mean i think the thing is that for these conservatives their litmus test for no discrimination means that because now they're not allowed to scream hey faggot at gay people they see on the street all the discrimination is gone that's where their watermark was now they were at like you know, potentially, maybe the police will chase it up for you. That's the level we're at. They believe that it's completely <laughs> disappeared. It, it's just... They're dinosaurs and I can't wait for them to die out. Uh, yeah. But there are some lovely people that are the same age that I don't want to die out, so it's kind of tough. You know, what do we... Nice. You know... What do we want to happen there? Who can say? Well, look, I'll, um, I'll just... I'll close this out by saying... Um, that Miranda's writing is is ridiculous. Um, there is there's a lot of uh, American conservative ridiculous writing that gets picked up, but I feel like she doesn't get enough credit for being as um, batshit, willfully ignorant uh, as she actually is. Um, and there was a there was a, a new entry into the canon of um, Australian political hilarious stuff recently which was when uh, noted dipshits Lyle Shelton, Mark Latham, and Miranda Devine were all on stage in one place at one time to argue the no case as to whether or not same-sex marriage should be legalized in Australia at an event. Um, Mark Latham's chair uh, either broke or fell off the back of a stage, and he fell down, taking all his friends with him. It was very, very funny. And uh, dear, dear castmate on the show, Theo almost immediately um, set up a URL uh, that is chair.fail and you should check it out for the immortalization of, of that beautiful little moment. It'll, uh, yeah, bring you a little bit of joy in an otherwise uh, bleak and horrifying hellscape. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check out some of Miranda's writing if you'd like to see how much I'm being insanely focused on on right-wing hashtag white genocide grievance polis, uh, politics takes you. Do we uh, do we have a crime pass for this week? Uh, oh, the crime oh, you pass should, is um, to commit white genocide. <laughs> oh, I was going to say you should be able to drive through a red light. Uh, oh yeah, um, right. drive through a red light, and when the police pull you up, you say, "Oh, my wife is having a baby." Um, even if there's no one in the car with you. Well, I mean, you could be going to meet your wife. That's still pretty plausible. Yeah, 
And my wife's having a baby. Practice sounding really worried. Right. Oh, she's giving birth right now. No, you got to be realistic. you got to be uh, all blokey about it. Oh, the fucking... Oh, the ball and chain. She's bloody... Oh, uh, me missus is spitting another <laughs> one right out. The bloody another mouth to feed them all right. Fucking... Oh. Oh. Hope they give me a raise down at the racism factory. <laughs> yeah. No, try that one out and yeah. right into the show. Let us know how it went. I mean, if that doesn't work, you got a crime pass. So, you just show them the crime pass and then... Yep. We've discussed um, how the get- crime pass worked before. Yep. Uh, get your phone out. Fast forward through to the very last two minutes of this particular episode while the cop stands next to your car. Uh, and I'm going to tell you now, you will not make it to the end of the recording before you are detained. So, I don't know. Maybe get your lawyer to check out the show. He can tell you whether or not it's binding. Oh, it is. And best of luck. It's a crime pass. It's, it's binding by definition. Yeah. So, on that note, we will leave you, folks. Goodbye, dear friends. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Yeah, don't read too much Miranda or it'll start to cook your brain. No, absolutely don't do it. It's it's wrong mine. Mm. Poor Ben and his his Swiss cheese brain. Oh, so many holes. (laughs) All right, folks. We'll see you next week. See you later. Uh, Don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes if you're one of the weird folks who rates a thing on the internet. Uh... I mean, I mean, normal people rate things on the internet. Don't you want to be normal? No, they don't. I've never reviewed a single thing on the internet and I will never. But I mean, by all means, please uh, do that to this podcast. <laughs> Fuck, count, count the stars and press, press on the fifth star. Um, the, the rightward most star. It's the press last on one, one from the end. Yes. Uh, and also, if you would like exclusive bonus episodes if you would like twice as much content as the free content which you are currently listening to uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Vista. five bucks a month will get you a whole ton of extra stuff and wouldn't you like that? Who wouldn't like that Ben? Um, I I saw someone saying something mean about the podcast on Twitter the other day they probably wouldn't want that oh well um, look, they can still pay for it if they'd like twice as much stuff to complain about. That's true. We might have brought some purpose into their lives. Yeah. Give them something to do. Uh, yeah. All right. So, thanks again, folks. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.